welcome to the Living in Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year to you. Our prayer for you is that 2021 is an outstanding year for you, at least better than 2020. In this week's podcast, Sean and Rick take a look at his latest message, the greatest story ever told, worshiped by wise men. If you look at the average nativity scene or creche, you'll see three wise men bearing gifts. Actually, they weren't there at the birth of Jesus, and we don't actually know the number of wise men. We just know that there were three different gifts. Now, before you go and throw out your nativity scenes, just remember, just keep these things in mind and listen to Rick's message and this podcast, which starts now. Well, welcome back to the Living Your Dash podcast. This is episode 59. Hey, Rick, Merry Christmas. Merry this, Christmas th- back. Well, thank you. Uh, this podcast should be up on Friday, and I'm sure everybody is going to drop what they're doing, and they're going to listen in. I bet children all over uh, America <laughs> will be saying, Mom and Dad, before we open our gifts, let's listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, so if you're listening, you know, you get double points today. Um, hey, Rick, this week's focus was on uh, the three wise guys. Yeah. And, actually, uh, actually, Sean, let me correct you. The, there's there's a lot of uh, misinformation about the wise men, uh-huh. and you just hit the first one. Nowhere in Scripture does it say there were three wise men. Oh, that, it said me. they brought three types of gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh-huh. But we really, we really have no idea how large this entourage was coming from the east mm-hmm. and then something else i just mentioned that the east where is the east uh, it never <laughs> says how far east and so a lot of mystery and intrigue about the wise guys yes yes and so you know i i, I find the whole magi narrative really curious what what critical role and by the way if you haven't listened to Rick's message, just go to roswellgrace.com, look under watch, and you'll be able to see his sermon uh, from the 20th, correct? Isn't that correct? That is correct. Yeah. All right. So anyway, they, they do play a critical role. What's the critical role to you that they play? Here's the irony. The, the story of the Magi is recorded by Matthew. Mm-hmm. Now, the Gospel of Matthew is primarily directed to a Jewish audience of all four Gospels. It is the most the, the most Jewish of the Gospels. Mm. And the irony here is, here these Gentiles come from the East, this mysterious entourage of, of wise men, mm-hmm. and they're Gentiles. And it's such an irony that here Gentiles are searching for and and end up finding the Jewish Messiah, while the Jewish leaders there in Jerusalem are just a few miles away from Bethlehem, mm. and they end up missing the Messiah. Huh. What an irony. Yeah. I think Matthew includes the story of the Magi in his gospel to show how big God's love is, that yeah. God's family is big enough not for just the Jewish people, 
but it includes Gentiles as well. Yeah, that I, I thought that was interesting too. Um, of course, you know, these Gentiles, they had nothing to prove or to gain to the Jewish people um, about their own Messiah, and yet they were the ones that saw clearly the signs. And so I, that, that's just remarkable to me. The, the other thing that, that it kind of reminds me of is, is the, the, the harrowing journey that, um, that, that Mary and Joseph uh, and the not yet born Jesus, they, they, they were forced to make this, this, this march, this very long march uh, in, in order to go to Bethlehem. Right now, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of disruption and upheaval in our lives. And I was actually looking at my, my, uh, my notes way back in, in 2017. You gave a, a message out of Matthew 2, 13 through 23 entitled Merry Christmas Anyway. Do you remember that? Wow, Sean, you have a better memory than me. <laughs> That's why you need an electric Bible, folks. Okay, well. anyway, <laughs> looking to the example of, the, of this family, you said that we need to do two things. Trust God in the move and then obey God in the move. Um, I mean, their lives totally fell apart. Uh, he had to stop work. They had to make this journey, which probably lasted two, two weeks or more. And I wondered even what they thought of when, when, they, when they got, well, this would have happened later. Um, but what did they think of when, when later on they heard that all these little boys had been murdered? Uh, What's fascinating about the whole Magi narrative, when you read all the way through, there's actually two journeys. There, there's the journey of Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem while she's pregnant mm-hmm. in the delivery. And then there is the journey uh, sometime later, there's the journey that Joseph and Mary and Jesus, after he's born at some point, they, uh, they go to Egypt. Right. Uh, if you remember the story, an angel appears to Joseph and says, you got to get out of Dodge. Herod is going to try to kill your son. Mm. And can, can you imagine the disruption where Joseph goes to Mary? Oh, that'd be a hard conversation. Mm. Hey, guess what? Um, pack up. We're going to Egypt. Going where? Yeah. yeah we're going to e- Why are we doing that? Well, an angel told me. That'd be a hard one, Sean. That's right. But... It all comes down to the, um, it's really the old hymn that we used to sing growing up. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. They they had, in both of these moves, you know, to Bethlehem and to Egypt, mm. they had to trust God and they had to obey God. Yeah. What an example. What a challenge for us. So if if you're a family that's been moving around a lot lately and you had no... Uh, no say in the matter, or if you've lost your job, those two things, trust God in this move and obey God in this move. That's at, that's Sean, at some level, through the whole COVID pandemic, <laughs> every one of us has been disrupted. Yeah. There has been at different levels, some mm-hmm. more severe than others, but oh my goodness, the disruption that uh, and the chaos that this is called, if there's any silver lining to the pandemic, it's we have all been driven back to that old hymn. We have to trust God. We have to obey God. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. You know, there's a there's a funny thing I noticed. There's this this astronomical phenomena happening called the Christmas convergence. Have you have you heard about this? Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah Mary and I stood out in our backyard with our binoculars and 
watched the, the, the merging of Saturn and Jupiter. It was oh, fascinating. Fascinating. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's unlikely that this was the star the Magi saw, right? I mean, yeah. we know that it's not. But let's take a step forward, okay, if you don't mind me asking this, okay? Um, what signs, right, should cause us, as you told us to, to search for the truth, rejoice in the truth, and worship the truth? You know, the old, the old Christian philosopher Pascal said that there is a God-shaped vacuum mm. in, every, in every heart, in every soul. Uh-huh. It's, Sean, when, when people are experiencing that, that empty feeling, uh, that something is missing in my life, um, that I, I feel like I, I have a purpose, but I don't know what my purpose is. Or when we... When we stand out, like we did the other night, to watch the Christmas convergence, and mm-hmm. we look out at this vast universe and and all the order uh, that everything is held together, and we, we ask that question, why is there something <laughs> instead of nothing? Yeah. Why am I here? What is the purpose <clears throat> of my life? Those are all great questions to ask. And that's what I admire so much about the wise men is they were searching for the truth and God honored that. He honored, He rewarded their search and that search eventually led them to Jesus. Sean, I'm convinced the same happens in our world today, that every one of us, we have that God-shaped vacuum. Now, you may try to pack it with all kinds of stuff mm. And it really becomes idolatry rather yeah. than worshiping God. But nothing fits, nothing fits that God-shaped vacuum. It'd be like this Christmas if you do the jigsaw puzzle on the card table at the house. Uh, you can't force a piece that doesn't fit. <laughs> uh, there's right. only one piece that fits. Right. Only God will fit in that God-shaped vacuum. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should mention jigsaw. We tried starting one last night and after a while we gave up because uh it just there's too many small pieces and they they all begin to look alike and you're right you can't force a piece uh even though you want it to and you think it should but it doesn't and i think about this whole it it reminded me of something rick warren had said a long time ago where he said people don't change when they see the light they change when they feel the heat Mm -hmm. and i think that that if there's one thing that i see uh, the pandemic doing, you know, part of that silver lining you were talking about is that they, they feel they feel the heat to begin to say, maybe there are some things that I need to redo in my life. And uh, it's, it's that beautiful work of repentance God is calling us to. People right now in our culture are overwhelmed with fear mm. and overwhelmed with uncertainty. Yeah. You, you ask anyone, what do you, uh, what, what do you anticipate in 2021? They will, most of them will say, well, I hope it gets better, but it, there's just so much uncertainty. Yeah. And you're right. Uncertainty and fear will drive us to just recognize again, there's something missing in my life. And all of these are signs. And, you know, Sean, I would say, here's your <laughs> sign. Here's your sign. It's time to come to Jesus. Amen. He is the truth. He is the answer. Yeah. I, I I was also reminded of a, of a great verse in John fourteen twenty seven, when Jesus told us, "Peace I leave with you; my peace I give you. I don't give as the as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid." And 
you know, he said that that's a remarkable claim. As 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 I get older, I think that's kind of a silly claim to make. Things always appear to be, I don't know, going from bad to worse, but that's not true. And the beautiful thing that I see is that uh, the peace of Jesus can always reign supremely, no matter what my circumstances can be. Yeah. Peace, peace in the storm. Yeah. You can always have peace even in the midst of the storm. All right. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to segue into something else. Um, by the time people hear this, we'll be well on our way to your next series, our next series here at Grace, called Happy. So if you don't mind, I'd like to ask a couple of happy questions. Sure, I'm excited. I've been working on the series. Happy. <laughs> why why do you choose this this uh this series happy? Because there is so much unhappy. Oh. <laughs> you know, Sean, I go to the store and everybody has their mask on. Uh-huh. And I, I'm convinced if we could instantly rip off the mask, everybody would have a frown. Uh-huh. There's people are just not happy. Mm-hmm. And Several months ago, I read Max Lucado's wonderful new book called How Happiness Happens. Hmm. I, I was very attracted to the title, dug into the book. It's a wonderful book, and I thought, this is the answer. This is what people need to hear right now. So from that book, it inspired the series that we're going to talk about, Happy. How can you find genuine, authentic happiness even in the midst of the storm? Even, Sean, when circumstances don't turn around, how can you still have genuine happiness? Mm, boy, that's a, that's a good question to ask, and, uh, and I want the answers to that. Now, if you'll allow me, though, I've heard people say something like this before. I think God may, wants me to be happy, and they'll do some foolish things, like um, they'll divorce their wife because their, their new fling makes them happy, uh, or they will give up something and... and quit their job, and, and do something extremely foolish um, because God wants them to be happy. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that's not what the Happy series is about. That's oh. another series, Sean, called Stupid. <laughs> and you you and I have seen many people walk down stupid and they pay yeah. stupid tax. This mm-hmm. is a different series. Yeah, really what we're talking about here is a different level of happiness it's really, and the Bible usually uses the word joy. Ah. And happiness is very dependent on happenstance, mm. whereas joy is the consequence of a much deeper peace. And it, it's when, even in the midst of the storm, I can have this <laughs> deep abiding uh, foundational joy that will get me through whatever. Mm. I, I tell you what it reminds me of is in John 16, Jesus is in the upper room the night before he is is killed. And he tells his disciples, hey guys, you're about to grieve, but don't worry. Your grief will turn to joy. And then he has this great line in verse 22, and no one will take away your joy. Hmm. So that's the kind of joy or happiness we are going to talk about. And we're going to, we're going to, Take people down a journey, down a road, and I'm calling it mile markers. We're going to look at six mile markers that will help you know you are on the right road to genuine happiness. Okay. You know, I, I find that that claim or that promise that, that God makes to us that, that, that the world will mourn, but you will receive joy and no one can do it. What, what a claim that is. Um, is God really all that interested in our joy? 
Yes, he, I think he is. He wants us to have joy. He huh. wants us to have this kind of happiness, not the stupid kind of happiness that we right. talked about a moment ago, but this deep abiding joy. Because Jesus also said, pretty much in the same context, in this world you will have tribulation. Yeah. So it, it, life is tough. And if it's not one thing, it's another. And there's always something and never nothing. Mm-hmm. And I promise you in 2021, there'll be other stuff that, <laughs> that's going to hit that's not going to be fun. Right. So the question is, how do I want to go into 2021? Do I want to go down the path that somehow says, okay, the way I'm going to find happiness is me first, me mm-hmm. first, me first. Sean, that doesn't work. We're going to mm-hmm. learn in this series. And again, it's a paradox but we're going to learn that happiness actually happens when we say you first. Ah. And this whole series is wrapped around one another commands. Okay. Love one another, serve one another, um, encourage one another. And we're going to look at six of these one another passages and how that when we put these into practice, I know it sounds crazy and it kind of comes in the back door, but happiness comes in the back door, and there's the paradox. Okay, so I think I know where you're driving with this. If Sometimes in a series, you kind of make a promise to people. If you stick around for this series or this, this sermon, um, you're going to get this. So what's the promise then that you're kind of giving to your listeners? Yeah, here it is. And Jesus said it. One of his famous statements, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Okay. I looked up that word blessed. It can also be translated, Sean, happy. Uh, (laughs) It is more happy, or we would say it is happier. You will be happier when you're giving rather than when you are receiving. So here's my promise. If people will really plug into this series and, and go with us on this journey, at the end, they will be able to look back and they will have six mile markers that they will be able to look at and say, okay, if I want to go down the road, the biblical road toward happiness, the happiness Jesus promised, these are the six practices I need to put into practice, Mm -hmm. the six commands I need to put into practice in my life. Now, Sean, I also promise you that at the end of the journey, everybody will get to decide which road they want to take. So kind of think at the end of the journey, there's going to be a fork in the road and you can either go Jesus way happiness or the me first way of happiness. But hopefully by then, I will highly recommend and prove to people using scripture that happiness happens when we give rather than receive. Okay, so how important is it to to lock in in all six? Because I once heard this joke, you know, like... um, uh, if you're in an airplane at 30,000 feet, which which wing is more important? You know, well, we, we know the answer to that. Obviously, all all of them are uh, the, the the main wings, the the tail section, including the vertical uh, uh, aileron. Um, they're all important. Uh, so, are you saying that it's really important that we really lock in all six? Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it is. It's each uh, each of these commands is like a piece of the puzzle. And actually in the book, Max is going to place some more pieces to that puzzle that help round out the picture of 
how happiness happens. Excellent. Well, I'm very excited about this series. How would you recommend people, or what would you do to recommend uh, to people if they wanted to get the most out of this series? Yeah, Sean, this is a series that I promise you, if people will get out of it what they put into it. Okay. So if you want to get the most out of it, first of all, either attend every Sunday or you can watch online. Uh, every message, every message is critical and crucial to putting this puzzle together. In fact, on January 3rd, the first Sunday of the year, I'm actually going to do an introductory message called How Happiness Happens. My goal is to lay the foundation, then for the next six weeks, we will build on that. I would say second, get the book. We are making Max Lucado's book, How Happiness Happens. We're making it available here at Grace. Hmm. Uh, buy it for a $10 donation, suggested donation. Pick it up, read it. Hey, for fun, we, we're also going to have yard signs, happy yard signs. You'll see them <laughs> popping up around town. Hmm. We're going to have happy T-shirts. <clears throat> and I've already got mine uh-huh. and got my yard sign up. Uh, another thing, each week, we're going to have a short memory verse. And this is going to allow those one another's to get planted in our heart. And so people can participate there. And then the last one would be uh, join a small group. Uh, Sean, we're going to have in-person small groups. We're going to have virtual Zoom small groups. Join a small group, 10 or 12 people usually are part of a group. Mm -hmm. You get to know each other. You get to share um, and, and that's where you really get to dig into how do you flesh out these one another commands. Okay, so, you know, I'm asking, I mean, I know that I've seen personally the power of a, of a small group, but there might be some folks that, that may have the wrong idea about this. If, let's say I've never been to a small group, if I show up to one, um, will I be put on the spot? I mean, will I, will they put a magnifying glass on me and ask me, uh, 500 questions about my personal life. Absolutely not. You, you don't have to give anything, <laughs> say anything, do anything. Total volunteer. It's just friends. And right. Sean, you'll make some of the best friends. Uh, over the years, I've been in small groups over 40 years. Some of my best friends over the years I have met in a small group setting. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of fun. And you get, to, you get to meet some new people and have a great experience. And you do it together with one another. Wow, wow. And I think especially with with this one, dealing with these reciprocal commands, how important that is. Okay, so what else is happening here at Grace? Well, it may be a little bit early to let people know, but maybe not. Class 101 here at Grace, it's called Discovering Membership, is coming up Sunday evening, January the 17th. Mm -hmm. Sean, you and I have the opportunity to host that and to lead people through. So if people have been wondering, hey, what's the vision of grace? What are their values? What do they care about? And what is their long-term goal? If you really want to get to know the DNA of grace, come and you can uh, call the office. You can sign up online, different ways you can join. But that's coming up. And January 17th, Sean, is just around the corner. Fantastic. Rick, thanks so much for your time. Hey, I want to wish you Merry Christmas and everybody. Happy New Year. It's coming. Amen. Amen to that. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at rosalgrace.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. 
And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at braselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.